let's drive close by and, and reach the airport. Is the PowerPoint up yet, Ishmael? Almost. <laughs> let's pray that it works out. Praise the Lord. We were wondering, we forgot one of our connections, and we were afraid that we wouldn't be able to show it, but God is good. <laughs> so we went on the, we started our trip with, um, it was a two-day leg, so we first started from Los Angeles. have to be extremely patient today <laughs> with I the PowerPoint. I'm so very sorry, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we finally got on the way, and as I was showing you, here's the team. You can see my two classmates at the end, my mom, and then Carmen, which is the fifth person in. And she's the one that started the trip. She's from Peru, and we went and visited a lot of her family. And then a doctor, which is her brother, um, and her, his wife and mother and, and cousins. So it's like a lot of her family from Peru also joined us that weren't necessarily Adventists, but were so excited to help. They donated so much money. They helped with resources. And then, of course, you know us. <laughs> so that was the team that started out. But, of course, it wasn't just made of us. There was a lot of people from the local churches, local community that jumped in and helped and made it a possibility. So we got on the plane and we traveled to Georgia. We had a very long layover there. We were there for um, 12 hours. And, oh yeah, it is very slow. Yeah. Okay. We have a bunch of videos, so. I think that's why. Um, we will have to have you guys look at the videos later. <laughs> You're gonna have to come up and see us later. So we finally arrived in um, Peru. It was midnight and we had been traveling for a long time, of course, not a lot of sleeping. And as we were driving through the mountains, we arrived there at like 12 a.m. and we got, um, we loaded in a taxi from a church member's house and he drove us all the way to our first village. So we started at around 1.30. You can see as this is arriving at one of the spots. And as we were got there, we were driving and driving and one of our classmates got so sick And all the all the all the the 
trucks were passing by that we had just passed. So the driver was like, we need to go, we need to go. They're passing us. And these are narrow roads up high elevation. And so we decided, okay, we need to, we need to get going. But she was still trying to clean herself. Finally, it, la it was 15 minutes later when we started again on the road. And it wasn't 15 minutes when we arrived at the scene. A bus on this road had crashed, the, had tipped over against the wall. And this was around 3 AM. And it was loaded with passengers. And all these passengers, they were trying to evacuate them from the, from the bus. And unfortunately, many of them had died. So there was a lot of emergency vehicles trying to give um, first aid um, and helping them out. But it was tragic. So many people died, and some of them had were taken to the to the hospital. You can see the. You can see that the bus is completely destroyed at the top. You can see how the whole top is just completely destroyed. And this is after they had already put it back on the road. And you know, you just realize that the angels of the Lord do encamp around you. It had only been 15 minutes, and had we not stopped because our classmate was sick, we might have been in the middle of this accident. We were only a couple of cars away by the time we arrived. So we just realized, you know, sometimes what we think is not going our way, when we think things are terrible, God is protecting us from something even worse. And I think in heaven we realize how many angels are around us, how many angels protected us from things we never even realized were going to happen. So very, very thankful. So we, we were there stuck for around six hours, um, and this is almost at 16,000 feet, so it was very high elevation, and we had just arrived to Lima. So it was, we were pretty, pretty um, sick with altitude. And so we kept going, and around 12, we finally arrived to the first village, which was called um, Acobamba, in the Dharma district. district. And here's where we first got to um, arrive. Originally, the first day, we were just going to be kind of resting, training the locals. But when we arrived, they were like, the clinic already started this morning, so we're going to start today. <laughs> and all of us hadn't eaten, hadn't slept. We were very excited to take a nap. Um, and poor Jane, she needed a shower after the whole trip. But um, God was good. They let us take a little nap, and I prepared for the evening lecture. And we arrived there safely, which was the biggest miracle we could ever ask for. So you can see there's Jane in the corner, and then Jessica. Those are my two classmates. And so that evening, we had our first evening meeting. I shared for two hours about health, about um, just natural remedies, about lifestyle, about eating, everything of that. And the kids also had a lecture where my mom taught them, also shared Bible stories. Um, very, very exciting. So as you can see here, we went around town. This was the theme for our trip, Mission Adelante, Mission. And it was such a privilege to be able to share. The locals had set up in a local hospital for the health expo. We had... Um, we had a lot of different, um, a lot of different like booths. We had a dentist that came, so she was cleaning some teeth. We also had a booth on like hypertension, so we were checking their blood pressure. We also checked their glucose. There was a booth on nutrition. I'm wondering, love, if we should just go by the computer, right? Because this one's pretty, pretty slow. Yeah. By the time it comes. Yeah. 
Let's just go ahead and do that. That way we can show the video and everything. So we had one booth on nutrition, so they were sharing about what to eat, what not to eat, how to prepare healthy meals. There was another booth on, on exercise, another booth on massage. So the whole purpose of the trip was not just to do a health expo. It was to train the locals so they could reproduce it. They could do it in the future. And so we also had um, a couple of doctors and then the two PAs, including myself, that were also seeing patients at the end and offering um, some medication. And most of it was also lifestyle education and training them with different things. So here's a short video from our, from our trip. And if you can all see, I don't know if you need to move a little bit, but this is our video from town. This is walking from where we were staying to the church. Or, sorry, from where we were staying to where the health expo was being held. So this was the community, like, government clinic building. There were a lot of people in there. And by the time we arrived, there was a very, very long line of people waiting for us. This is at the evening meeting. This is the program. Um, we taught them about the Bible. We talked about health. Um, and they were just so precious. So here you can see the health expo. This is where the dentist was teaching, teaching about dental hygiene and also cleaning um, some of their teeth. Temperance. And you can also see temperance. And this is the line of patients. The line of patients was so long and it kept getting longer and longer as we would see patients. And here we also offered some reading glasses. And um, we also checked for like their breathing with a peak flow meter. Um, this was the dentist. And some of these people had traveled for two, three hours just to come to the clinic because they were saying that for them to be able to be seen by the doctor sometimes would take them three days. They would have to travel from their home to the hospital, to this clinic, and then they would have to sign up, get a ticket to be able to be seen, and then the next day, sometime in the next day, they might be seen. But unfortunately, so many of the doctors are not very interested in their health and just kind of rapidly see them and then just send them off, and they have a lot of serious health issues and they're not being attended, not being taken care of. Um, so it was very difficult. So when they heard about this on the radio and the church members spreading the word, there were crowds of people. We would see 100 some patients a day, and they would wait sometimes the whole day just to be seen by us. You can see the long lines just kind of keeps going. And I would, I would only have like 15 minutes to see the patient and then have to have the next one because we, there was just not enough time to see everyone in the amount of time given. But I had patients with all sorts of problems, um, and I got to pray with a lot of them. A lot of them were really discouraged. They had health issues that were um, not being taken care of, or they were depressed. And the Lord opened many, many opportunities to help out. And you can see here um, the beautiful people there coming to the expo. And the most special thing for us was seeing the locals being so involved, helping, 
being a part and also later on after we would do it, they would do it afterwards. So Nuf, you want to share about um, the next days? So after that, we, um, we had two days there, right? And then we moved to Palka. And this church, um, so here's the Palka church. And Palka was right about the same elevation, right around 11,000 feet elevation. Um, so we definitely got used to high altitude while we were there. Um, we, they had, we saw the most people in Palka. Our highest day in Palka was about 600 people. And you saw the size of our team. You know, we're only 10 expats. And the whole reason we were able to see that many people was because um, they had rented like the community center. <laughs> and then everyone had pitched in to set it up so that it would be set it up for optimal flow. Um, here, we're just about to get started, but as you can see, capitalism is very much alive in Peru. Um, here they set up their little stands selling snacks and drinks and what have you right by the door where everyone would be coming in. <laughs> um, but the youth and that ch local church is what made that he health expo work so well. They came in for like two nights before we started and they put together these paper um, dividers like craft paper, but they were like large sheets of craft paper perfectly taped together to form walls. So like these sheets of craft paper like this, and it, they were edge to edge, perfectly taped together. They'd, they'd been up to like till two, three, four in the morning the night before we got there, um, setting everything up, making sure that it was going to be perfect and the flow was going to be what, good. So people would walk in and then they'd start going around the room to, to everything. Um, here, here you can see this, this elder here in the middle, he's a young person, but he's actually the one who leads that church in Palka. Um, he's probably like 27. Yeah, he's not much older than us. I trained them in massage and hydrotherapy, and then um, they'd continue doing the massage and hydrotherapy throughout the day, and I'd just like, give uh, nonverbal pointers because we couldn't communicate very well because of the language barrier. But I was really, um, it was really nice for me to be able to like train them to do something and then and then watch them keep doing it without having to be involved myself. You know, I knew I'd actually like been able to impart a skill. Um, so that was that was just a real big blessing to see. Um, as you can tell, this is the local church plus us at the end of the health expos there. They, they had a little ceremony and gave us like a few gifts to thank us for coming to, to their hometown. And before, um, I think the pastor took this photo, so he's not in it. Um, there's the pastor. So that's the pastor. He's a young man. 
Um, but he has approximately just shy of 30 churches in his district. So, you know, we complain about having two churches in a district here in California. But here, he has like 27 churches. Um, and he's constantly traveling around. Before he came to this area, he's very committed and dedicated, um, both he and his wife. And before he came to this district, it was almost dead. Like, almost nobody was coming to this church and no young people. Um, there were young people, but they had all left the church. But he started like a prayer ministry amongst the young people and started working with them one-on-one, -on -one, bringing them back. And as you can see here in this photo, that church, it's almost all young people now. It's not a huge town. The town probably has, what, a thousand people? Uh, two, four thousand people maybe? I don't know. It's not a it's not a big town, but um, they they have a very active church. Um, yeah. So this guy right here, his name is Christian, and he came up to me one time because he had been run over by a car when he was young, and he had a lot of pain when he would breathe, and so we were talking and talking, and I, he just shared his story. He was only six, I think. 16 years old and he was saying how before he was he was drinking he was working on the sabbath and when he was young he would he was baptized in the church but left it and he said that every time he would work on sabbath he would just feel this like emptiness in his heart he would feel so um, like he was far away from god and all his friends were not a good influence and this was back then when the pastor hadn't arrived to the church and so this young person right here in the middle that we shared with you that's only 27 years old, he came back to the church and he started leading out this group. And when he, he told me that back then there's only maybe five, six um, people in the church and he started praying and praying and praying, Lord, bring more people to the church and start visiting. He would visit Christian. He would visit all these young people and just kind of become friends with them, pray with them. They started this group chat. So they were all in this group chat and we'd talk together, encourage each other. And finally, him and several other young people came back to the church and started attending more regularly, helping with the youth ministries. And he was saying how so many times it's really tough to be faithful. They have holidays and stuff that are really bring a lot of temptations. So they will go on camping trips during those holidays so they can be away and then come back. And he was saying how without this young person leading out the church and seeking out after him, probably they wouldn't be there. But they keep, it, they keep really tight. They share with each other. They pray. He says he'll wake up. He'll, have, he'll read his lesson. Then they'll go to his friend's house and start having Bible studies together. And for me, it was so encouraging. You know, so many times we go to churches and it's the adults that are leading out. But the Bible says, you know, let no man despise thy youth. You young people, you might feel like, oh, I'm too young to be a leader. I'm too young to be a missionary. But God is calling you guys also to be missionaries. These kids over here, they were so young, and they were the ones leading out. They were the ones teaching. They were the ones doing massage, bringing the patients, signing them up. And it was just so exciting to see that. This was one patient that I got to see um, that really, really... Can you go back? That really touched my heart. Let no man despise thy youth, but, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. 
you know, this pastor is also really young. His wife, they just got married, and now they're going to have a kid. But they dedicate their whole life, all their time to service. You know, we are missionaries from far away for them, but they're the true missionaries. They're being missionaries at home. They're serving. They're working. They're helping the community. And I think it encouraged us to be more involved in the community, to be those missionaries wherever we're at. This, this couple that came in, so many times it was so disheartening because you would have patients that had very complex medical problems, but you couldn't do any labs, couldn't do any imaging, and so it was very limiting. And so this, this person came, and she had been paralyzed all one side, couldn't talk, um, couldn't move much, um, and she, the husband was like, can you do anything for her? And my heart just broke because it's like there's really nothing I can do now. So I started, I encouraged them, I prayed with them, and I said, you know, you know, you are alive, and you, you, you've been saved by God, and you're breathing. There's so many blessings already there. And then they start sharing with me all the blessings they had received despite this problem. Um, and it just showed me that, you know, not have, having a lot of things is not what matters. It's just whatever you have, the experiences you have, the life you have, to be thankful for that and to praise God. So God gave us so many opportunities to reach out. There's another lady that was incredibly depressed, I prayed with her, and after praying, she said, you know, my mother's a Christian as well, and I want to start following the Lord. I want to start trusting the Lord more with my life. This is the church members before we had arrived. Um, they, were, they, they sent this video ahead of time before we arrived. And, you know, it's so incredible to see because these churches, there's, they're very small, but they're, they're scattered all over. And the, and the pastor cannot reach them all because, of course, he has 27 churches. So the locals become the leaders. They become the ones going out to give Bible studies. They're the ones doing all the work. And I, yes, that's how the Bible said, you know, in the, for the apostles. They were the ones doing all the work, the locals. And I think it's our commission, you know. It's easy to be missionaries when you're in another place. But the Lord is calling us to do whatever we can, be faithful wherever we're at. So then we moved on to the next village, which is Spichanaki. We drove a couple hours. And this is more in the jungle area, so it's not as cold. Um, and we were able to, to do a health expo as well there. When we arrived, unfortunately, all the church members weren't there when we arrived. And it was such a difference from Palka where the members were there, they were organized, they were planned, and you could tell the difference. The difference was everybody was so involved. You could feel the fire, the burning within them, you know, the young people, the kids, everybody was so excited. Here, it was just the pastor. He was trying to do all the work and trying to lead, trying to encourage them, and you could, you could really tell the difference. Anyway, that first day we had a health expo um, for the community. You can go ahead. Um, and this is, this is where the school was at. We did it at the school. This was the car we came in. And then the locals, all of them opened their homes for us to stay at. We stayed with the local church members. They fed us. They took care of us every day. It was just so, so precious. Very, very good food. <laughs> and so during the time here, we were still able to train them. That, that evening, Ben was able to train them in massage, hydrotherapy. We trained them in nutrition so that the next day we were able to have all the church members come and be able to be involved and, and teaching. You want to go back?
Okay. So here you see some of the people that came on um, that first day. We still had reading glasses. Um, it was very discouraging. You know, the pastors there, they were telling us how it's very easy to get discouraged, get depressed, and kind of lose hope because you have so many churches and so many challenges. I mean, one church is already a big challenge, but imagine having so many. And he was saying how, you know, sometimes he feels he's alone without support. And so it's exciting to be able to be here with them, encourage him, give him resources to be able to do it with his church. He was saying how one of his groups had separated, had divided. Like there was a guy that came in and started teaching false doctrine and took a lot of members out of the, of the church. And so he was still struggling with that and trying to encourage the members. So we were trying to just be a blessing and encourage them. And we see here a lot of the local church members, they were running the uh, expo. It was exciting to even see the pastor. Ben taught one time how to do the health fomentations, and now the pastor was the one teaching them. And so it was very exciting to see how... You really, really excited about hydrotherapy. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know exactly why. Um, maybe it's because it's so simple. Maybe because it's so powerful. Um, but... Maybe because it helps so many different things, but he got really excited, you know, about this natural remedy that he could do and he could teach, and he went ahead and he actually taught it, you know, quite a bit during our health expo, and it was so exciting. He got, <laughs> it was like watching him light up <laughs> when he would start telling people about fomentations and massage. And here we had a lot of patients. We saw patients on Friday, on Sabbath afternoon, and Sunday. Um, and it was just so precious to see them. I mean, we had patients with tuberculosis. We had patients with cancer. We had a lot of kids that had a lot of um, congenital issues that, of course, we couldn't help with. That They needed surgery. And it, we were just praying and hoping that we could refer them to the right place. Uh, we were able to give medications to some people. We also had charcoal, which was very effective for a lot of things. And this was so special, just working with the locals. This is one of the young person there that became really close to us. Um, and we got to talk to him a lot about the Lord. And he was saying, you know, I want to be faithful. I want to be on fire for the Lord. He was helping every single day with whatever we needed, um, helping out. We also had the doctor, um, Carmen's brother, that was serving. And um, this is the pastor teaching them as well. This was part of our transportation. This is a motorbike that's turned into a taxi. <laughs> and he would bring all the church members to the school or to the church, wherever they're at. He transports them. So he'll go back and forth, back and forth, bringing people. And this is part of the team there um, that helped out with the health expo there. For Sabbath, we had um, Sabbath school for the kids as well. I was missing you guys and hoping you guys could help me there. Um, it was so sweet. The kids were teaching me new songs in Spanish. Um, this is one of them. The little girl is teaching me a song. It was so sweet to see the kids. Um, and be able to share Bible stories and health principles with them as well. And this is another way of transportation. Um, they were bringing some of the church members to church. <laughs> 
And so after we were able to be in these villages, we were able to visit some of the most touristy spots like Machu Picchu and learn about the history. Um, but I think what really impressed us the most is, yes, we went all the way there, far away. We did share it, but honestly, we were the ones blessed by seeing their commitment, their fire, and their excitement to do God's work. And I just pray that one day, you know, our church here can also be that motivated, that excited, and that involved. And we just had to show this picture for the kids, yeah. <laughs> llamas. We saw a lot of llamas and also alpacas. Um, really, really exciting. And you know, the verse that we picked for today is um, Acts 1.8 that says, And this gospel of the kingdom, and the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, and it's not just in Jerusalem. It says in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the world. Yeah. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witness unto me in all Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and unto the ends of the earth. So that, like that, that progression, you know, all the way from local, the city you're in, all the way to global. And, you know, for us, you know, going to Peru was a global mission trip. But for the local churches that we were working with, it was a local mission trip, you know. And so you have this, you have both global and local. And if you think about it, you know, working in our own local church, it's somebody else's global church, you know. It's somebody else's global mission trip if they were to come here and help us. So, you know, um, we have a lot of opportunities here in Crestline and not just, you know, in Peru, not just out in the mountains at 12,000 feet elevation in the Andes. There's a lot of opportunities even right up here at, you know, is it 3,700 feet, you know, that we're at right about here? 4,700? Okay. <laughs> 4,600 here, 4,700 at your house maybe? Okay. So, yeah, this is, this is, uh, we have an, we have the privilege and we have the opportunity to share God's love wherever we are in whichever corner of his world. Young, my mom would read to us a lot of mission stories. I'm sure you guys also read a lot of mission stories. And I was always like, oh, I can't wait to be a missionary. I can't wait to go overseas. When I was 12, I told my parents, I'm going to go to China. I'm going to move. My brother was like, you're, you're too young. You can't just leave me here. So I decided to wait a little longer. And so it was so, so encouraging. And my mom would sometimes, you know, would read us the stories and would just start crying. And she's like, you know, I wish I could be a missionary right now. I really want to go overseas. I really want to be serving. And one time my brother told her something that to this day is still stuck in my mind. She's like, you know, Mom, you're training missionaries. We're going to be missionaries one day too. And you know, so many times the work that lies closest to us seems so dull, so uninteresting sometimes, you know, for us is school. And it's like, oh, is this really the mission field? Are we really doing God's work? And regarding the mother... God says that, um, but if she works for the best interest of her family, seeking to fashion their characters after the divine model, the recording angel writes her name as one of the greatest missionaries in the world. You know, we are all missionaries, no matter what we're doing. It says that you must work to save souls. All will not be called to go to foreign missions, but you may be a missionary at home, in your own family, and in your neighborhoods. You know, there's that saying that you're either a missionary or a mission field. And I think we all need to ask the Lord, Lord, how can we be a missionaries wherever we are at? Whether it's at home, whether it's at work, whether it's at the grocery store, whether it's at church, in the neighborhood. 
God is calling us to do that. And we don't have to go overseas, although we are called to go overseas. But wherever God is calling you to be at, to be faithful, to ask the Lord, to open those opportunities, and to be on fire for the Lord. You cannot force it. We were, we've been talking this quarter about what? The Holy Spirit, right? He was with Paul. He was with um, who else we've been talking about? Stephen. All of these amazing people that were serving, right? And they took the message all over the world, and they weren't that many. And I think this church, although we're small, God can still use us to reach out to the community, supplying those needs. We were so blessed to go to Peru. We had so many amazing experiences and still not enough time to share them all. But we just wanted to encourage you guys that we all have a field. We all have a calling. We just need the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we have thousands more pictures and videos we can share with you guys afterwards if you'd like. <laughs> Let's go ahead and close with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you for giving us the gift of your son and the opportunity to share him with those around us, our neighbors, our friends here in our local community and around the world. And Father, I pray that you would please bless your work here in Crestline and around the world. Um, make us better missionaries each and every day. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's been a long time.